FM Radio for the Agile Community. www.agile.fm Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Agile FM. Today's guest is uh, Yuval Yeret, and uh, he's an Agile coach and consultant with Agile Sparks. And uh, his Twitter handle is uh, Yuval Yeret, and that is Y-U-V-A-L-Y-E-R-E-T, and all that information and a uh, little bit more of an introduction to him is on the show page on Agile FM and uh, Yuval and I will be talking about Scrum with Kanban today. So this is our topic um, of this podcast. Before we get uh, into the actual topic, uh, let me introduce you here to Yuval. Welcome to the podcast, Yuval. Thank you, Jochen. Glad to be here. Awesome. We're going to hear in the next minutes or so something about Scrum, Scrum with Kanban, I think a few things uh, that should be clarified. We had the opportunity to um, you know, cross paths on that topic a few times. Uh, we're both uh, professional Scrum trainers and uh, you are also, correct me if I'm wrong, the uh, course steward for this course of Scrum with Kanban, is that correct? Yes, one of them. Yeah, one of them. There exactly. are two stewards for each Scrum class, I'm one of them. Awesome. Okay, so this is real, real good insights into the topic. We're also going to hear, uh, possibly, uh, <laughs> we're touching on the topic of what does Scrum Kanban has to do with banana peels. <laughs> of course, we'll get there. <laughs> especially in the summer. Especially in the summer. Yeah, in the summer, exactly. Maybe, maybe uh, I don't know, watermelon or something. It has like some that. specific. It <laughs> has some specific aspects in the summer. Ooh, exactly right. Okay, so let's get started with the topic. Some people might ask, uh, "Hey, Scrum and Kanban, why we're we mixing these two things together?" Um, isn't there something called Scrum Ban? Um, and uh, what's the difference between those two things? Um, Scrum Ban has been around for a long, long time, that term. Um, and here's this course, it's, it's explicitly saying Scrum with Kanban. What's the distinction here, Yuval? So, Scrum Ban, most people refer, there are a lot of uh, opinions on what Scrum Ban is, but most people see Scrumban as a way to take Scrum and move it towards flow. On the way, maybe um, taking away some of the elements of Scrum. Mm-hmm. In Scrum with Kanban, our belief, uh, based on you know years of uh, doing it in the trenches, um, our belief is that you don't need to take away anything from Scrum. You don't need to change uh, Scrum, you need to, if you want to really succeed um, in uh, product development or in whatever type of knowledge work you're trying to deal with, it helps to both have the empiricism that is enabled by Scrum as well as the flow that is enabled by Kanban. And those two kind of reinforce each other. Mm-hmm. So it's not about uh, the transition away from Scrum. It's not about the transition away from Kanban. It's actually bringing the two together. Yeah, I think that's the main difference, at least in my view. Mm-hmm. Well, Kanban always um, emerged in the language. When I spoke with people, always emerged as something uh, folks refer to as a a process. Then uh, you know, like, um, like a like the framework of Scrum or the, the the process of Kanban, and then Scrumban was born, and it's like this brand new thing for a lot of people. It's like we do something very very different with Scrum and Kanban. Uh, what you're describing is um, is to build on top of the existing Scrum framework. Um, is that correct? 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. We basically take all of the Scrum events, roles, artifacts. They're all there in mm -hmm. Scrum with Kanban, but they're all also impacted. Some are impacted more than the others. Obviously, the sprint backlog, uh, or not obviously, the sprint backlog is one of those that is impacted the most because we use Kanban to visualize and manage the flow of the sprint backlog. Same for product backlog and the whole, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, flow of value from the initial thinking about something all the way to delivering it and realizing the value and uh, closing the feedback loop. Um, the events are t impacted by what you look at in those events, um, how you actually run those events, the, the metrics that mm -hmm. you use. We introduce some new uh, metrics like uh, cycle time and working process and uh, working process aging and throughput uh, mm -hmm. as part of Scrum with Kanban that kind of uh, give Scrum Masters and their teams more tools to be even more empiric about how they run their Scrum and thereby help them do it uh, more professionally and achieve better results. Mm -hmm. So um, the when folks listening to this thing right now, they might have heard from Scrum, they might have heard from Kanban, and we're, we're saying here now, or you're saying, uh, um, with this process right now, we're going to take a little bit of a deeper dive here that these things actually work very well together. In the past, it was kind of a, uh, two camps out there, right? The Scrum camp, the Kanban camp. Yeah. And now we're mm -hmm. saying, hey, hey, you both camps, you work actually very well together. Um, and uh, But does this mean, I mean, obviously in the in the way of how you just described this, does this mean more rules for Kanban and less rules for Scrum or... Is this truly like the the execution of a sprint, let's say, where where the Kanban principles take effect, but it's not a Kanban system in its in its purest form? Mm, good question. So, if you look at the Kanban, uh, how people uh, portray Kanban, uh, even if you look at the Kanban method these days, mm -hmm. it has cadences, and you need to figure out your cadences. Nobody would recommend you to just run. Uh, you know, uh, Kanban without any sort of uh, replenishment or planning cadence and delivery cadence. You could do it, but the recommendation is to figure out your cadences. And uh, uh, Scrum provides a set of cadences. Is it more rules for a Kanban system? I wouldn't say. I would say that um, you arrive at more or less the same rules as a good application of the Kanban uh, method, but it's a bit more prescriptive about um, mm -hmm. how you come uh, to those rules. It's a simpler system than uh, a system with uh, too many complex uh, cadences. From the perspective of Scrum, no, I don't believe that there's mm -hmm. there are less rules for how you do uh, Scrum. Uh, everything in the Scrum guide, for example, still applies. Mm -hmm. So there aren't any uh, less rules. When it comes to how you apply it, it's not just about you know planning the sprint and then executing it using a Kanban system. That's not the way I look at it. Mm -hmm. at least. To me, it's taking a wider perspective of the whole process, all the way from uh, product owner working on the product backlog and doing refinement with the team, the Scrum team, and planning the sprint, how you do that, executing the sprint, how you do that, how do you create increments 
throughout mm -hmm. the sprint, maybe just at the end of the sprint. Um, how do you release those increments ideally during the sprint? If not, then when? And managing all of that flow of uh, product backlog items from idea to cash, uh, so to speak, or to knowledge. Um, and, and whether that happens, you know, all within the constraints of one sprint or one sprint, or is it something that you can have to continue to track throughout several sprints mm -hmm. because your whole cycle time is um, currently longer? All of that is are things that your Kanban system would show you. Right. It would be a full Kanban system that is full with whip limits end-to-end, -end, in my view. Mm -hmm. So no compromises on that, yeah. on that front. <laughs> yeah, so the... Um, that's that's an interesting point, right? Because we have this this flow-based system of Kanban, and, and we're introducing flow within the sprint. Um, in my in my experience over all these years, and there's a variety of reasons why that exists, and I don't necessarily want to go into the the weeds and the nitty-gritty details of it. But um, I have seen teams in the past they struggled with Scrum, right? And that's what I mean with uh, <laughs> don't want to go into the the reasons for for that, but. Some teams have then moved on and, and went to Kanban. And when you ask these questions around Kanban, so why did you make that step towards Kanban? And you often see like reasons for like uh, less planning, less long planning meetings, right? And more flow and it's ongoing and it seems to be easier. But then there are still Scrum Masters on the ground, right? And, uh, and people feel like, hey, this is easier with Kanban. Yeah, so... Yeah. So that's a kind of an interesting so, thing how these worlds come now together, right? Yeah. So I hear easier a lot as well. Mm -hmm. And there are two types of easier. I agree with you. There are two <laughs> types of easier. There's the good easier, uh, which is, you know, basically taking a flow-based approach to planning and planning, focusing in planning mainly on the what and on the sprint goal and letting the, some of the how emerge throughout the sprint mm -hmm. and be agile throughout the sprint as long as you're aligned um, to the sprint goal, which is how we teach people to do planning um, as part of Scrum with Kanban in the, in the guide as well as in the class. Mm -hmm. There's the easier, <laughs> which is an anti-pattern. Yes. The easier that says, let's take away things from Scrum, let's have some post-its on the wall, maybe even uh, have columns around them. And that's it. And, and that's not Kanban. That's not, exactly. That's whatever you do with the Kanban board. And um, it, it's not Kanban unless you limit your working process in a way that is meaningful. I always uh, tell people, uh, I, I could limit myself to only having four ice creams a day. That would be a limit, but it would not be a meaningful limit. Mm -hmm. uh, because I typically stay under four ice creams a day. Oh, wow. Uh, if I want to really, yeah... You know, uh, we're fit up here in Boston. I don't know about uh, elsewhere in the world. But, uh, we, we try to stay under four ice creams a day. Um, so, the, so, so back to the whip diet. Um, I don't know if your uh, typical uh, three to nine uh, members development team and your working process limit is 20 PBIs at each point in time. Um, in the in the team, that, that's not a meaningful limit. That's a whip limit, but that's not a meaningful limit. It's not going to be a meaningful mm -hmm. diet or exercise that's right. uh, for the team. So you need to do something that will actually help you reduce the amount of mm -hmm. working process. That's the only way to move from a swamp that 
could be a result of doing Scrum by the book. You could run a swamp or a mini waterfall within your sprint. Mm -hmm. That's uh, part of the reason that uh, Scrum practitioners and Scrum trainers are looking at Kanban and Flow to help those teams help those teams with uh, those swamps. Mm-hmm. Um, if you actually reduce the amount of work in process, you help the team move towards the river. That's right. what we're trying to do. Right, and that that's often where when I work with teams, that's that is something I often uh, don't see is the whip limits, right? Not not even meaningful ones, like mm-hmm. or non-meaningful ones, like they are not existent, right? As you describe it here, exactly, there is a board, and you're doing something with the board. It feels easier. Uh, but then on the other side, it's uh, it's obviously that's on the anti-pattern side. Now, you um, you well, you crafted also a document uh, that is called the Kanban Guide. And yes. the, the Kanban Guide is uh, that that's also a uh, a document that can be downloaded uh, from uh, Scrum.org, right? Um, and that, and the then, Kanban Guide for Scrum Teams, yes. Kanban Guide for Scrum Teams, exactly. Yeah. I think that's an important clarification. And uh, that is um, that document. What's what's the intent of this one? Like somebody might out there think, like, hmm, why is there another guide? Or why is this not in the Scrum Guide? Why is there a separate document? What's the need for it? Um, so, from uh, you know, an architecture perspective, uh, coupling it with the Scrum Guide uh, doesn't make uh, uh, much sense. There's enough in the Scrum Guide, and Kanban is not a mandatory practice or strategy. Uh, with Scrum, it's a highly recommended uh, complementary one. Mm-hmm. And as such, we thought it would be useful. Uh, I mean, we looked at the different definitions of Kanban out there, and, and we saw that there wasn't um, a good, concise uh, description of what, what's the core thing, what are the core set of things that you need to do in order to do Scrum with Kanban well, in order to use Kanban in your Scrum teams well, or in order to use, um, um, it can also be used for using Scrum together with Kanban. Mm-hmm. So we set out, Daniel Vacanti, myself, Steve Porter, a couple of other uh, professional Scrum trainers, we set out to um, write and maintain uh, this guide that basically talks about the combining the theory of Scrum with uh, the, the empiricism theory of Scrum together with the flow theory mm-hmm. of Kanban and how those two fit together. Then talk about the Kanban practices that are useful in a Scrum context. Visualize uh, your workflow, limit your working process, manage your um, work, um, mm-hmm. manage the flow of work, and um, to inspect and adapt what's going on with your uh, workflow over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and talk about the impact of those practices, the metrics that are needed in order to help you um, manage those practices uh, as part of the guide. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so the guide itself, the, the Kanban guide, is the, the artifact that sits basically on, on top of the Scrum guide. Um, does not change the Scrum Guide, but builds on top of it, just in terms of clarifications mm-hmm. here. Okay. All right. Yep. Now, yep. let's talk about a topic uh, you already touched on a little bit before, um, is the, the metric uh, aspect of it, uh, especially Kanban and measuring a flow. There's uh, things you threw out, like cycle time, whip limits, whip limit, whip limit aging, and throughput. 
And maybe um, that's a good conversation to have about existing uh, scrum metrics. Uh, the typical topic that pops up is the uh, burn down charts, velocity, these kind of metrics uh, from, from a scrum's perspective and the metrics because that is obviously a very important topic for Kanban users or the other kind of metrics on, on the throughput side. Now, how do these two things uh, play out in a Scrum environment? Should we do burn down charts? Should we not do burn down charts? Should we measure velocity? Should we not measure velocity? Are the other ones on the top of it? Are they replacing? What's the strategy behind these things? Yeah, so first let's cover um, what metrics do we talk about with Kanban? Mm -hmm. And then we can tackle both the velocity and the burn down chart questions, awesome. which are, um, um, what we call scrum grenades. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when, when we open this up in a, in a meetup. For yeah. Example. Um, so the metrics that we talk about, the one that most uh, people familiar with Kanban would, would recognize is cycle time. Mm -hmm. Okay, cycle time basically uh, measures the elapsed calendar time between the moment that um, product backlog item or a card in your Kanban, Kanban system um, entered a certain point in the system and entered another point in the system. For example, you could say our, our cycle time for the development team is from the moment that they pick something from the sprint backlog to the moment that they say something is part of the done increment. Mm -hmm. Uh, not necessarily the start of the sprint and the end of the sprint, by the way. Yeah. If people have a two-week sprint, I would expect to see a cycle time of around a week, mm -hmm. more or less, for most of the items, not two weeks. Mm -hmm. Now, this, and the team might have multiple cycle times that they're interested in. Uh, the one from the sprint backlog to increment done is one cycle time that's that's interesting. Another cycle time is from the moment we decide to do something to the moment it's in production, providing value to our users or providing answers to our mm -hmm. um, hypothesis questions. That's another cycle time. We could have more. Mm -hmm. The second metric is WIP. And there's a difference, working process. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference between WIP and WIP limit. WIP limit is a constraint, a policy that you set. Mm -hmm. It's part of your definition of workflow. A WIP is what is your actual WIP. It, it could be at the same level. Let's say a team limits itself to five items um, in the, um, mm -hmm. the working process lane exactly. or one uh -huh. of the lanes in their board. Um, the, the actual WIP could be five, could mm -hmm. be four, could be three, could be six if they're exceeding their WIP limits. Mm -hmm. We, sh we are very interested in making it very transparent what is the actual work in process at each point in time throughout uh, the sprint. Both right now when teams are taking a look at things as part of their daily scrum as well as at the end of the sprint in the retrospective, it would be interesting to make it transparent how the WIP look like uh, throughout the sprint. And we could have a run chart like this for this mm -hmm. or we could look at the uh, we uh, through a um, cumulative flow diagram. Mm -hmm. The next, um, the next metric, like a, like the next two metrics are the interesting ones. So uh, let, let's tackle the sprint burndown uh, for a second. So let's mm -hmm. say a team uses a sprint burndown chart, um, a classic one using 
hours. Even hours. Yeah. On all the tasks, <laughs> or slightly better, just remaining tasks that aren't complete. Mm-hmm. The team uh, would look at their sprint burn- burnout chart throughout the sprint in the daily scrum. They would look at it. They would say, okay, we're converging towards the sprint goal. We're not based on those remaining hours. But actually, there are two problems with that. One is the, the problem that, uh, you know, um, doing work on your tasks doesn't equate to having working software. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the, you're not really reducing risk by um, doing task, a burnout yeah. chart. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there could be a situation where everything looks good a couple of days before the end of the sprint. And there's a huge queue of things that you haven't tested yet mm-hmm. and you have no idea what's going on with them. Maybe you haven't even integrated them, but from it, you know, you've done all of your coding, but you haven't done any of your integration and testing. And, and that's a burndown chart will not show you. Mm-hmm. A burndown chart that is based on tasks. That's, that's right. why I'm not a huge fan of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know many of us uh, professional scrum trainers uh, are becoming less and less of uh, mm-hmm. fans these days. Mm-hmm. Now, that sort of problem, accumulated flow diagram that shows you, okay, how many things are you actually completing uh, throughout the sprint and how many of them are waiting for testing, waiting for integration. This sort of information is provided by accumulated flow diagram, so it's better. Mm-hmm. So looking at whip and cycle time throughout the sprint helps you in a way. But there's another category of problems. Think about it this way. Even when you have a river, some rivers um, have these spots where things can get stuck. Mm-hmm. Or some things can get stuck while the rest of the flow is moving quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and on a scrum team, you know, think of the team doing their daily scrum. They're um, trying to figure out what are the impediments, where, where do people need help. And we, we've all seen those daily scrums where uh, people have some things that aren't really flowing well, but aren't blocked yet. They don't really see that as an impediment. They, you know, they are optimistic. We're optimistic by nature. We'll say, yeah, it's gonna be fine. Mm -hmm. But a lot of time it isn't fine. A lot of time those uh, product backlog items eventually take much longer than the typical ones and kind of um, risk your ability to achieve the sprint goal. And if you knew about it earlier, the team would have been able to help each other uh, and swarm to the issues. Right. This is where the banana peel comes in. Exactly. That's where I wanted to ask you. Like, what if what if the VIP is high uh, and the cycle time is slow? And what does this have to do so with, with if, banana peels? Even if the whip is not that high, mm-hmm. there could still be an item hiding in plain sight. True. Because you don't know the cycle time for something until that item is finished. But mm-hmm. you could predict, have a leading indicator to what the cycle time of an item would be. If an item is not really moving, if it's staying there in your process, if you have, for example, um, let's just say you have um, each product backlog item goes through a cycle of um, um, analysis, design, getting the test ready, then you mm-hmm. code and do the automation, and then you do another lane for 
um, you know, running acceptance tests, manual acceptance tests, and fixing uh, the defects on it, let's say those three, four lanes. Mm -hmm. If an item is spending days and days just in its first one or two lanes, that's a smell, mm -hmm. right? The smell that this item is moving slower than the others, mm -hmm. especially if you're a team with some experience and you've kind of learned, you know what? About 85, based on our numbers, our cycle time numbers, about 85% of our items, they actually make it through the whole process in five days. So if an item is already in our process, it's aged already for, for three days, and it's only early on in the process, that's a smell that that item is probably going to have a hard time getting to the finish line unless we do something about it. Mm -hmm. And that smell is something that we want to make transparent in our Kanban system, whether it's through a very uh, smelly banana peel that we put on the card. Mm -hmm. as there's this one legendary uh, team that has put a banana peel on each product backlog item as they pull it from the spring backlog. Mm -hmm. And therefore, especially in the summer, mm -hmm. There's a smell after a couple of days, and there's a, it goes black after a couple of days. That's right. Uh, and focuses the teams on the team on it. But even if not, there's you know a way in Jira to portray items that are aging. There are ways to do that in Linkit. Most good Kanban tools um, provide you with a way to see to that indicate. information. Daniel Vacanti. Um, you know, uh, provides a tool called uh, Actionable Agile Analytics that shows the with aging chart, which mm -hmm. is the state of the art on how to see this sort of information uh, for all of uh, your work items. So basically, you have a way, regardless of how you do it, what you want to do is to manage the aging of your working process. So that's, that's right. our but all of these but all of these tools don't satisfy what the banana peel is satisfying and that is that other sense of smelling yes 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 <laughs> so that would be the next I, level waiting, of tools i'm waiting for those uh 80 uh, 80 inch touchscreen tvs with the smell function uh, <laughs> until then we'll probably need banana peels um awesome yes. so, so so the fourth one is throughput and the main difference between throughput and velocity is that throughput just looks at the number of items that the team um, that, that cross a certain lane mm -hmm. on the team's Kanban system per a time period. So if we use the sprint, for example, the throughput of a team throughout the sprint can be, I don't know, in the last sprint, our throughput was 10 items, mm -hmm. 10 PBIs. And in the sprint before, it was 8. In the sprint after, it was 12. What's the big difference between that and velocity? First of all, it's easier to measure throughput than it is to measure velocity because we don't care about the size of the item. We don't need to size items in order to calculate throughput. Mm -hmm. And the other interesting thing is that looking at data from dozens of teams from different organizations, the, the, the Kanban community started to realize that throughput is actually as accurate and even more accurate or more reliable as a prediction or forecasting tool than velocity, mm -hmm. which is counterintuitive, right? 
True. If we if we just count the cards instead of taking into account their sizes, mm -hmm. how come it's a more predictive tool? Um, and and the reason is there are a couple of reasons for this. Uh, one is that we're not that great in estimating um, the size of items. That's one aspect. The other aspect is, or another aspect is that. When people start to measure velocity, there's a game going on on how do you increase your velocity unless you're very, very careful in how you lead mm -hmm. those uh, agile teams and uh, how you treat this measure of velocity. That's right. So once teams start to see if there's something that they're measured upon, it becomes a less effective forecasting tool because mm -hmm. it's not as accurate anymore. And the third thing is that once you realize the flow on many scrum teams or any sort of team is influenced dramatically by delays, not just by the actual amount of work. Once you realize that the flow efficiency on most knowledge work, product mm -hmm. development, marketing teams is actually in the low teens mm -hmm. uh, of 15, 20, 30, 40 percent flow efficiency, meaning 60 and more percent of the time an item is just hanging there, mm -hmm. being delayed in between our, um, in between the steps uh, in the process because we're waiting for something, we're waiting for somebody, we're ending off something. For, in those situations, the size, our estimate of size is not as relevant. Mm -hmm. It's not a good predictor for our Future. actual uh, throughput. Yeah. So, bottom line, if you know, one thing we recommend teams do is you have all of this information. If you're using Jira, for example, mm -hmm. or uh, DevOps app, mm -hmm. NFS, Raleigh, whatever, you can get a chart that shows you your velocity over the last couple of iterations and how stable it is, what's your standard deviation on it. Mm -hmm. And you could do the same chart just by using a count function rather than count the product the, backlog items rather yeah, than an actual velocity. Mm -hmm. And look at the standard deviation and the stability on that as well. And for most teams, the stability on the count-based chart is I, actually better. Mm -hmm. I can, I can and, see and that. And part yeah. of the trick, by the way, is... Yeah, part of the trick, by the way, is that... Uh, you know, teams do right-sizing anyhow. It's not that they don't do any sort of estimate. They just estimate whether an item is good enough for them to bring into the sprint. And if it's not, they break it down. And once people start to use sprints that are around two weeks, th there isn't a huge uh, variance of what items would actually fit into the sprint. Mm -hmm. So right-sizing... Is, is the practice that helps us just use throughput right, so um, and have it be as good as or even better than velocity in uh, many situations, in most situations. Maybe yeah. your team is different. Yeah, no, no, I know. approach to it. Try to understand what's going on. Yeah. Well, this is this is actually exactly a, uh, an interesting point you just made at the end. Like you know, try it. You know, everybody's different and so on. And I think the beauty of this approach is uh, what we're hearing here from you about uh, the Scrum with Kanban is <clears throat> is the is the fact that teams can experiment with this right so it's really not a disrupt to your 
your scrum process uh, for all the teams uh, are there using scrum and they are like looking at to you know certain other aspects of, of kanban is here's an easy way to experiment with some of those things maybe use a metric uh it's not necessarily contradicting with uh, everything you're doing so it's uh it's a transition and uh, an experiment which is obviously something we would love to see in in scrum environments like all the time but that would be a great way for teams to experiment with some of those kanban metrics uh maybe even banana peels maybe even uh <laughs> you, know, you know, whatever whatever comes to mind in terms of uh, measuring these kind of things, and maybe go a little bit with uh, two tracks in the in the beginning and make this comparison, um, you know, team by team, and, and see these experiences they have uh, in the metrics uh, and really compare them to each other and see how to proceed. Um, this is a very interesting kind of approach, and I know you travel, you know, the country, the world. Um, you know, putting these kind of ideas out there. You, as we said, you are one of the core stewards uh, on this course. Uh, Scrum with Kanban. Uh, there's a lot going on in the certification things. You offer courses. Uh, all of the links to you um, and and your work is going to be on the show page when people go on Agile.fm. I just want to thank you at the end. Uh, you are. This was very interesting, and uh, I hope folks out there listening to this. Uh, See, uh, see that these camps are not separated, they're actually together. Yes, thank you, Joe. The, the, I think that's the key point. It's not just, you know, that the camps are together, it's also within organizations. Um, you know, you probably see a lot of organizations where there are the Scrum teams that do product development, there are the Kanban teams that do reactive maintenance support, and. Um, Part of the goal, the theme of what we're trying to do um, in this initiative within um, the scrum.org world is to get people, the people that are doing scrum inside organizations to take some Kanban, bring some Kanban flow into their process mm -hmm. and get those people that exactly. are doing Kanban to do some of scrum and not just look at it from, um, you know, Black across the, the exactly. chasm or across the bridge. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you, Val. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for listening to Agile FM, the radio for the Agile community. I'm your host, Joe Krebs. If you're interested in more programming and additional podcasts, please go to www.agile.fm. Talk to you soon.